0: Hey, everyone. Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. I got my daddy in me a little bit. Can I preach it like I feel it on Father's Day? I I want you to grab your Bibles while you're standing for just a moment. And then if you stand again, that's on you. But I want to you to take a second and turn to the book of genesis the gospel of the the book of in the bible called genesis the first book if you go any further than genesis and you land in exodus you've gone too far and so genesis is where we are today and while you're saying that let me just say how much of an honor it is to serve this house under this leadership and admittingly today i am not preaching another simple father's day message i feel a very prophetic unction on me Today's message is not for those to hear, but to hear what the Spirit of God is trying to say in the day in which we live. Uh, I've never touched this text before, but God has illuminated this text to me for such a time as this. And while most of the time I wear the hat of pastor or evangelist, today I feel more like a prophet. I feel more like a prophet. And I came today to stir you and to allow you to step back into what God is currently doing in the earth. I know it's chaotic and crazy, but how many know God is still in control? And so, if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 49, Genesis chapter 49, just one verse. I can remember when I started preaching, I needed a lot of verses to say something. And now you just need a little bit of something to say something. And uh, the truth is, I didn't even come in this room today to say something. I felt like I came in this room to start something God is going to do something in our midst today Genesis chapter 49 verse 27 one verse one verse to all the men in this room this is what the word of the Lord is to you Benjamin shall be a ravenous wolf in the morning He shall devour the prey and at night he shall divide the spoil I want to read it again Benjamin shall be a ravenous wolf in the morning he shall devour the prey and at night he will divide the spoil God is sending out a clarion call today to his church, specifically to his men, that he is trying to redeem his church and bring us back into the right identity that we once had and perhaps lost. So God has sent this preacher with a prophecy to tell you that today is not just a simple sermon. Today, he is giving us a call, not just to the simple man or the average man, but God is looking for a wild man. So I want to preach for just a second along the lines of the call of the wild. Who I feel him. Father, I thank you for what I sense and feel. I thank you for your anointing. I pray, Lord, open our ears and our hearts to receive today and retain what the Spirit of God is saying. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody who believes it, say amen. You can be seated. And as you're seated, just look at somebody and say, it's about to get wild. Yeah, it's going to get wild today. It's going to get wild today. Uh, it's important in this room that before you embrace what I'm going to call prophecy today, that any person that tries to embrace prophecy first understand theology. For what good is it try to try to understand what God is going to do if you never step into who God is? The most noble pursuit of your faith is the kind of pursuit that comes after the heart of God, the person of God, the nature of God, and the character of God. In other words, you will never go wrong going after him. Oh, come on somebody, talk to me. I said, you'll never go wrong going after him. If you chase the stuff before you chase him, you will always end up in places you were never designed to be. But if you learn how to chase God, God will take you into everything you are called to be with the stuff you need to get the job done. God, give us back some people in the house uh, who understand that the reason why we came in this room was not to be entertained, it was to be equipped. Uh, It was to seek you and find you. So that we would be ready for every work you have available to us in the hour that we are living. If you are going to embrace prophecy, you must first embrace theology. Because God has in his theology, theology, the study of God, he has called us to understand him. Aren't you thankful this morning that God can be understood? I know, I, know that's, I know that's not so heavy, but I want you to thank God that he can be found and understood and that he, does gives us, he gives us glimpses of himself. He calls it his character and his nature. And if you study theology, can I be a little deep this morning? If you study theology, you will understand he reveals himself through things called attributes. Uh, communicable and incommunicable attributes communicable the attributes that he shares Uh, incommunicable the attributes that he does not share because how many know that there are some things only reserved for God no, no, no. There is only some things that only God can do. There are some things that are only reserved for the power and the character and the nature of God. And how many in this room, I feel like preaching already, are thankful this morning that you don't serve some God. And you don't serve a God that's like other gods. But you serve the God that is above every other God with a name that is above every other name. We don't serve some lower level God. we got the real thing. And so he reveals himself through attributes like love and holiness and through life. And he reveals himself. But, but aside from his revelation, he also wants relationship. So while he chooses to reveal himself through his attributes, he has chosen to relate to us through the idea of fatherhood. God relates to his children through the concept of father and the thing I love about it is he is not just some father he is a father but he's not just a father to the children of God he is our father oh come on somebody I said, he's not just a father or some father. For those of us that are children of God, he has become our father. How did Jesus teach us? He said, let me show you how to pray. Before you start to even pray, acknowledge this aspect that God is not some faraway God. Come on, somebody. He's not some distant God. He is not some God that cannot be seen or known or felt, but rather he is the kind of God that is so personal that he says, when you talk to me, call me daddy. And my fear in the body of Christ is that we have forgotten the benefits of being able to call him our father. Some of us have forgotten that he is indeed our father. That he is the kind of God who protects us and keeps us and holds us. Can I go deeper? Who blesses us. Now, y'all way too quiet on the Father's Day message, but some of us wouldn't even be in the room today if God didn't protect you and keep you and hold you and bless you. Come on, some of us are standing in blessings we didn't deserve. We are standing in opportunities that we shouldn't have gotten, but because he's our daddy, he makes sure that his children have all they need to become all they're called to be. Is there anybody thankful that he's our father? And because he's our father, I don't have to worry about what any kind of other father did to me. Because some of us stand here and treat our heavenly father like we were treated by our earthly father. And we equate what we've seen to who he is. But baby, the devil is a liar. No matter if he was in your life or not in your life. No matter if he knows your name or doesn't know your name. Whether he was there or not there. Baby, at the end of the day, you came through him. You didn't come from him because you came from a heavenly father. Oh my identity is not in who I came through it's who I came from and I came from the father of all fathers so I know I got some stuff running through my bloodline but if my daddy ever says something about me it negates every lie that anybody else has ever said he is our father what would your life look like if you really began to come into the revelation That he is not just God. He is our Father. Our Father. Not just white people's fathers. Not not just African-American folks' fathers. Not just Hispanic fathers. No, no. He is our father. What would happen to the… Oh, hallelujah. I felt something just hit right there. I felt like I just made the devil mad right there because I want to let Volusia County know and I want to let Daytona know, Palm Coast know, NSB know that we are in a house that understands that he's the father of white men, black men, Hispanic men, and all men and all women. We are God's children he is our father and if you ever come into the revelation that he is your father you'll start to see things in Christianity a whole lot different it'll answer tough questions like, 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 like tough questions like this like why did he give us the Bible if you are just handling a question like that from a religious perspective you are going to miss out you're going to think that we, we got scripture is because God wanted us to have rules but relationship isn't about rules religion is about rules so we know that if he's our father this thing ain't this bible ain't about rules we know it's not about edicts or some some way to live beyond ourselves. When He gave us we know it's not just good poetry or a defense of faith or a book that is just historic stories. No, no. When you see Scripture through the lens of our Father, you'll realize that that those 66 books are nothing more, nothing less than a book of inheritance given by a Father to His children. And if you read the Bible, come on, y'all. If you read the Bible from the lens that everything I see in that book is for me and belongs to me if you start looking in there and realize that by his stripes uh, we are healed it's not for somebody else but it's it's for me and my body if you start reading stuff like peace that passes all understanding joy unspeakable and full of glory and you realize that it's from a father you're gonna realize that you got some stuff by calling him daddy what am I trying to tell you that God gave us those 66 books as a book of inheritance from fathers to sons. And by the way, that is the order of the kingdom. Fathers to sons. That's why all throughout scripture you have a ton of that stuff we don't like to read called genealogy. Don't lie and act like you read it. You ever read the book of Numbers at like 10 o'clock at night? When all of a sudden you start getting into begat, 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 begat. But when you understand that everything is inheritance from fathers to sons, fathers to daughters, you will then see that this book of inheritance is given to us so that we can unlock some promises and have some things that you will understand that there is something in Scripture called the power of begot. Because you only know your inheritance as much as you know your daddy. And the Bible is trying to make sure you understand that if you want to know what you got, you don't have to know who your daddy is. You have to know who your daddy is. There's some stuff that God has given you just because you are his child. And God is banking on the fact that you come into a place some point in time in your life that you realize how much of a child you are and how much he really loves you. Am I preaching to anybody? And by the way, dads, All good dads understand they are responsible for inheritance and identity. Oh, it got quiet. If our father understands the power of begat by which he transfers inheritance and identity, then it is us who are dads and men in the room who have to take the same responsibility and understand that when it comes to me and my house, I can't judge anybody else's house, but as for me and my house, I'm going to be the kind of man that looks my children in the eye and tells them who they are, whose they are, and the inheritance they have. Good men and great dads uh, have taken on the responsibility of establishing identity and giving inheritance. Our children will never wonder if they know who they are. It's our absence in responsibility that have caused our sons and daughters to become wayward, but I declare in the name of Jesus that there are some men in this room who are going to come back to the forefront of the family, become the priests of their homes, and say, if anybody gets a name, I'm doing the naming. If anybody does the blessing, I'm doing the blessing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you hearing me this morning? Pastor Josh, why would you talk this much about him being father and the power of begat and inheritance and identity? Why? Why? Because listen, this is the trajectory, the circumference of the text I bring before you. Because Genesis 49 is nothing more and nothing less than a father, a son, and God's future plans. A father, a son, and God's future plans. Because God is not done oh hallelujah with the family i'm going to say it again god is not done with this thing he created called family God still has some things he's going to do, and I don't care what devil in hell tries to rear its head in the culture that we live in and tries to dismantle family and tries to get us away from God's structure of family. That devil is a liar. God still believes in family. God perpetuates promise and prophecy through the concept of family, whether it be spiritual or physical. God moves things. Come on, y'all, talk to me. He moves things forward in the thing called family. And in this text, it's a father, his sons, and a prophecy. Mm -hmm. Because all dads should have the ability and the want to to be the prophet of their home. Can nobody speak over stuff like a daddy can? And God designed it that the greatest voice inside the home would be the voice of the man that everybody calls dad. Y'all way too quiet, but I'm going to preach it. If TV should never speak louder than your voice, man, music should never be louder than your voice, man. Come on. The things of the culture should never be louder than your voice. Uh, There should be some men in this room who have made up their mind that if anybody's going to speak to anything, it's going to be me. And I'm going to have the first word and the last word and God's word over my, children in my family a father his sons and a prophecy the power of prophecy the power of prophecy let somebody say the power of prophecy can I go deeper this morning the power of prophecy do you not know that when God gets ready to move endings into beginnings he always does it through the bridge called prophecy or promise when God wants to generate something fresh He does it through prophecy or promise. That's why when you get to the end of a thing, God will always give you the word concerning the next thing. So that you know you have permission come on somebody to go into the next thing god has a way of tying the ending to the beginning through prophecy and promise and, uh, what am i trying to tell you we are in the age right here right now where god is doing more prophesying and promising than he has ever done what's it all about then it means that god is just about to do something fresh in the earth Maybe I'm the only one feeling this thing today, but I have this inner knowing in my spirit that God is about to do something we have never seen before. There is about to be a move of God that is going to shake the very earth that we stand on. It's going to shake the foundations, and hell has spent a lot of time trying to make sure we don't get there, but I came to tell the devil, I'm still here. I'm still standing. I will not be moved. God is about to do something free fresh. If you believe God's going to do something fresh, I dare you to give him the greatest praise you've given him all morning long. I said, here comes something fresh. I came to tell every devil and every demon, you tried your best, you tried to hold the church back, but he, oh, we are still here. And so a father grabs his son's and starts to build a bridge of prophecy because the Father knows some fresh is on the way. So he gets his sons and he starts to lay them down. Come around, my son. And he starts to prophesy to the first one, to the second one, to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eight, nine, 10, 11. and he gets down to the final son. Because here's what I know about God's prophecy. God's prophecy allows us to understand that there are certain things God has already predetermined to happen. But here's what he knows. That even though he determines it, you decide. That that, that God has made determinations, but it is men who make decisions see every oh i feel the anointing every man in this room has a choice to make concerning the kind of man he is going to become no no god has already determined some things about you he's determined your end from your beginning he is alpha and omega god knows some stuff about where you're going and where you're heading but what god needs you to do is line up your decisions with his determinations That's why every man in this room has to love the presence of God and the power of God and the Word of God. Why? Because those are the hubs by which God lets men come back into alignment so that whatever he has determined, they can decide and the two can walk together. He says, I'm about to tell you what God's determined, but it's your decisions that will take you there. Hear me in this room, men. Your life is the summation of your decisions. Where you are standing right now is the summation of decisions and choices that you make. And make no mistake about it, the decisions you make today will affect you the rest of your life. God has determined, but what will you decide? Because I'm about to say it, and it's going to prompt you to start making decisions decisions to the 12th son benjamin i have a word to the 12th son benjamin i have a word to the 12th son 12 in the bible is a very important number come on somebody 12 is a very powerful number 12 is a number of government it's a number of order Can I be deep? It's the number of authority. In other words, God said the reason you got to pay attention to what I say to the 12th son is because what I say to the 12th son will carry the kind of power and order and authority that will allow him to reverse every curse. And I want to tell every man in this room that God has never called you to be ruled by anything. He has called you to rule over everything, and it's time for some men to get their authority back, and it's time for some men to start putting some things back in order. You're way too quiet on a Father's Day, but I'm going to preach it. It's time for some real men to step up and say, it doesn't go another day. It doesn't happen another moment. It stops right here. Why? Because God told me I could say so. Where are the men who walk in authority? Where are the men who walk with power? Where are the men who walk in and disease leaves? Where are the men who walks in and depression runs out? Where I feel the anointing. Where are the men who walk in and anxiety has to run out? Where are the men who walk in and everything that's been hitting your kids has to back up off your children and leave them be? Where are the men who walk up under the fire and the authority? Of the Holy Ghost. God, give us back some men who know who they are. Yeah, just look at a man around you and say, You got the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at somebody and say, you got the power. You got the power. Yeah, you got the power. You got the power to do what? Uh, To rebuke sickness. Uh, You got the power to rebuke devils. In fact, in the name of Jesus, uh, I rebuke every devil that's been trying to come against your family, your mind, your children. Not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. I'm taking my stuff back. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a room with some men this morning who are about to set some stuff back in order. Some things have been going too crazy, too chaotic, but you've made up your mind on Father's Day. No, 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 not another day. We're getting this thing back in alignment. God's got something for me. Am I preaching to anybody? And he says, I'm going to talk to the 12th son. And I got a prophecy for the 12th son. Our father, sons, determinations, decisions. And I say to you, Benjamin, I say you shall be. I don't even have to preach anything else. Because every man in this room has a shall be over your life. I feel like running. Every man in this room has a shall be somewhere over your life and the enemy will work extra hard for you to live in what was so you never get into what shall be Every man in this room is fighting a fight as we speak, and the fight is what was versus what shall be, what God said versus what you did, mistakes versus destiny, y'all way too quiet. It's all the stuff versus what God has promised, and you have to know in this room I came as a prophet of God to tell some men in the room whether you know it or not, think it or not, see it or not, believe it or not, there is still a shall be over your life. There is a prophecy hanging over you that God still has I said there's a prophecy hanging over your life man there's a prophecy hanging over your life Uh, I came to tell some man I don't care where you've been I don't care what you did I don't care how many times you messed up and you failed the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God is still present and there is hanging over you in the atmosphere a shall be Can I preach to the young men for just a minute? Young men, I came to tell you, let no man despise your youth. Uh, The reason why it's so intense in your generation is because the enemy sees the shall be. Uh, The reason why he's fighting you so hard is because of the shall be. But I declare in the name of Jesus, uh, you will not live in the lies of the enemy, but you will come into the shall be of God. Benjamin, oh, I feel something breaking in this room. Benjamin, listen to the text, listen to the prophecy. Benjamin shall be a ravenous wolf. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was hoping for something a little bit more understandable than that. I was hoping he's going to say, Benjamin shall be a rich prince. I receive that, Father. But he says, concerning the son that is of the Father, that my 12th son, the order son, the governmental son, the authority son, that son will have the kind of anointing that makes him look like a ravenous wolf to everybody else. Sheetabashatayah. Hey, He said, Benjamin, you're going to be like a ravenous wolf, and that alone is powerful. But then I began to dig deeper. You want to go on the journey with me? I began to dig deeper about what this wolf thing really means. What this wolf thing. So I started digging into Hebrew, and I found out that the, the Hebrew word for wolf is the word. Go ahead, guys. Throw it up. It's the Hebrew word. Come on don't let the anointing leave the Hebrew word oh in the name of Jesus (laughs) come on I worked real hard on that y'all watch it'll pop up right when I get preaching it watch it's the Hebrew word let me dig in this it's the Hebrew word Zayev. Zaev it's actually the Z-E-B or C-A-B Zayev. it's the literally it's the word Zayin Aleph Bet Zayin Aleph Bet Bet. It's the word for wolf. It literally translates to the actual word wolf in English But if you keep it in its Hebrew context with the word pictures and the letter meanings Zayef does not translate to wolf in the Hebrew. The word wolf means the weapon Zayin Aleph of God Bet for the home In other words Zayin a left bet wolf means the weapon of God for the home. Benjamin, Benjamin, you are a ravenous wolf. What's it mean, Daddy? It means that when all hell starts to break loose towards the home and when the enemy comes in for the kill, guess what your assignment is, Benjamin? Your assignment is to be the weapon of God for his house I came to tell every man in this room you're not just a man you're not just somebody you're not just a daddy you are the wolf of your home you are the weapon God has designed to stand on the front lines and say not here not now not today and devil if you want them you've got to go through you've got to go through me yeah, I feel that wolf thing rising up. I feel like I'm in a room with some men who have made up their mind, not my children, not my house, not my family, not my mind. Devil, if you want that, you've got to run through this weapon of God. Yeah, God designed you to be a weapon. You a weapon. You're a weapon. I'm gonna say it to you, believe you're a weapon. You are a weapon. You are a weapon. Whose weapon? You're God's weapon. God chooses to pick you up when he wants to fight some battles. Woo! God said, God said, you are the weapon of God for the home. You don't need a security system. You are the security system. Hear me? Nothing gets out and nothing gets in except I say so. Come on, men of God, where are you in the room? I said nothing gets in and nothing gets out unless I say so. No issue or thing of the devil gets in. I'm not going to let cursing in my home. I'm not going to let craziness in my home. I'm not going to let pornography in my home. I'm not going to give any place to the devil. Nothing gets in. And nothing gets out. I don't care how many times they tell you they don't like you. How many times those kids say they hate you. I don't care how many times they say, don't do that to me. and Don't tell me. No, no, baby. You hold your ground, daddy, and you stand there and say, you're not getting outside of God. I will not let you run outside of the plans of God. Why? Because I'm the wolf. I'm the wolf. I'm the wolf. I am the weapon of God for my home. But he's not just a wolf. His daddy made sure to tell him, inside the prophecy, you're not just a wolf. You are a ravenous wolf. Ravenous means hungry all the time. I started doing some studies about the eating habits of wolves, and I found this out. The wolf doesn't eat all the time, but all the time the wolf is ready to eat. See, see, your attitudes influence your actions attitudes and dispositions influence action let's try it again is there a picture back there of that wolf let's see yeah 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 see see men you've been trying to figure out how God sees you and what you look like in the in the invisible this is how God sees you he sees you as a fierce he sees you With a fierceness, he sees you with the kind of disposition that says, If it's available to me, I'm going to go get it. Hallelujah. When it comes time to eat, I'm not going to wait for it. I'm going to go get it. And guess what? When the wolf goes and gets something, he doesn't get it with his hands. He takes it with his mouth. That's why there's got to be some hungry men in this room who don't mind praising God like they've lost their mind. There's got to be some daddies in this room who don't wait for a song or a preacher or the right moment, but they come in this room with their mouths open saying, there are some things God has promised me, and if I'm going to take it, I'm going to take it with my mouth. So forgive me why I shout hallelujah. Forgive me why I shout glory to God. I wonder if I've got some men in the room who can take 10 seconds, open up your mouth, and Give God the greatest praise you've given him in your life. Yeah, there's the sound of the wolf. uh, The sound of the wolf. uh, The sound of the wolf. He shall be. Oh, I feel this thing revving up. I'm about to close. He said, he shall be a ravenous wolf. He's always ready to eat. Men, hear me by the Holy Ghost. God is looking for men who will be hungry for him all over again. He is looking for men. I know we taught you to have it all together, and we taught you in Western society that you couldn't cry and you couldn't show emotion. But, baby, you're not part of Western culture. You are a part of the kingdom of God, and in the kingdom, emotion is allowed in the kingdom passion can be put on display Oh, in the kingdom desperation knows no decency and if you come into the kingdom as a man god gives you permission as a man to lead your family to let them know what worship and hunger and a spiritual appetite really looks like benjamin shall be a ravenous wolf the word ravenous in the Hebrew is the word taroth. And as excited as I was about the fact that he is the weapon of God for the home, the word taroth, if you take the same Hebrew lettering, translate it into pictures and sounds, you get this. How is he the weapon of God for the home? Because taroth means ravenous in the Hebrew. Literally means because he is surrounded by the word of the Lord. Do you want to know, men, how you can put your foot down and never be pushed off of the line? Do you want to know how you can stand up and look every devil in the eye and say, take your best shot and do it without ever wincing or whimpering? It's because, yes, you are the wolf, but the word of the Lord is surrounding your life uh, that when you take up your position come on somebody talk to me when you take up your position man of god god promises to put a force field around you and what is that force field it is the word of the lord it is the sword of the lord and here's a word for somebody god's word has never lost Y'all way too quiet. I said, God's word has never lost. When God's word gets applied, God's word has never lost and it never will. You are the wolf standing surrounded by the word of the Lord. And I came to tell you before I finish, the enemy doesn't want you to know it, but that's who you are to God. And if you're going to be The ravenous wolf he says two things can happen when you come into alignment as being the ravenous wolf two things can happen you can devour the prey in the morning you will be able to devour the prey in the morning devour means to tear apart he doesn't eat it first; he kills it first. And God is giving some men a chance to be the kind of wolf that, that when you make your stand, you don't just stand; you begin to engage everything that is not God, with one sole idea that by the time you're done dealing with it, there'll be nothing of it remaining. Yeah, that's I'm talking to some men who got to make up their mind that lust may come to my doorstep But lust goes no further than me. I'm going to tear lust till lust doesn't remain anymore. Alcoholism and addiction may run in my family, and it may come to my door, but by the time it gets done dealing with me, the weapon of the Lord, uh, in the home surrounded by, by the time I get done with it, alcoholism is no more. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Addiction is no more. He is giving some men permission to devour the prey. Why would I preach that in an hour that we're living in? Because all you have to do is look at the de- what the devil is trying to do. Now, I know I ain't going to get any am- amens on this, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Because the enemy has spent decades, decades setting up this attack today. And men, the attack is not towards you. The attack is not towards our wives. The attack is at our children. He has spent decades trying to make things acceptable and tolerable, and he's tried to make the chaos and the confusion something that is normal. But I came to still tell that devil today, that devil is a liar. Our children are not called to confusion. Our children are not called to chaos. Our children are not called to wonder who they are and where they came from and who they ought to be with. No, our children are... Our children, of the Most High God. Our sons are sons, and our daughters are daughters. We love you, but I'm telling you, come back home. The Father's waiting. He spent decades trying to create the stuff we're in today, and God is now looking. Come on, hear me prophetically for some wolves to arise who say it might have been, but it stops right here and it stops right now. Call prayer meeting in the church, and it's more women than it ever is men. The devil is a liar. God, give us back some praying men. Give us back some Holy Ghost-filled men. Give us back some men who know how to get on their face and cry out to God. Give us some men that when they run out of words, comes up out of their spirit and they pray in the Holy Ghost. Benjamin, you're going to be a ravenous wolf that devours the prey. Hear it. Your appetite is for God and your appetite is against everything that's against God because you have to know that the fight will rage until the wolf rises we're going to keep fighting until the wolf stands up and says enough is enough listen hear me men of God you called to devour the prey You are not called to compromise with it. I don't care if you email me or message me, I'm here to tell you, men, the days of compromise are killing the next generation. Your compromise, let me tell you, some of you aren't devouring the prey, but you're letting the prey hang out in the corner. You're over there and compromise, let it play. But God didn't ask you to play with it, He's called you to kill it. So in the name of Jesus, I declare the days of compromise in your life are over. The days of secret sin are over. The days of you hiding that stuff so nobody's here are over. And in the name of Jesus, I declare that today is a day that who the sun sets free is finally free indeed. Why? Because a whole generation is waiting for the wolf to arise. I'm done. He said he will devour the prey during the day. Men, hear me. You are not promised tomorrow. God gives every man, every woman, day a time in their life where they have vigor and passion to do what they're called to do. What am I telling you? Men of God, please, for the sake of our sons and daughters, get off the sidelines. And please, in the name of Jesus, get back in the game. Even Jesus said, I have to work while it's day. I know I only got a window of time to do what I'm called to do. God forbid. God forbid that you would die unfulfilled. God forbid that you would die without completing what you're called to do. God forbid you would ever not do what you're called to do during the day. He said, because the last blessing, this is it. That he gets is that if he will become the ravenous wolf I will strengthen him to devour the prey in the day why? so that when it's night he can divide the spoils every great dad and every great man understands that we are called to live a life of legacy you know what holds back legacy selfishness when he's talking to this ravenous wolf this man, this 12th son he is saying your your first call in the night hours of your life is not to be stingy with anything you know what holds back the blessing of the Lord selfish people do you what holds back transgenerational consciousness and the and the idea of generational revival is when you think it's only for you and not for anybody else. When you think all that God's supposed to do is bless you at church and give you what you need, no, no, what if I told you the only reason he blessed you and the only reason he's given you what he's given you is because there's somebody coming behind you that desperately needs something to continue the journey. Do you not know in this room that we are always only one generation away from losing Pentecostal power? We're always one generation away from our children not knowing the glory and the power of God, but I feel like I'm in a church this morning with some men and some women who have made up their mind, not on my watch. Uh, The glory of God will be revealed to the next. I pray it over our children's ministry, our youth ministry, that in the name of Jesus, over the next six months, uh, there would be such a tangible outpouring of the glory of God in that kid's center, that children would be endued with power and spiritual gifts, uh, that five-year-olds would prophesy, that eight-year-olds would know the glory He said, I'm going to give you a chance in the nighttime of your life. He said, to give stuff away. And by the way, men, legacy is lived before it's left. You are living out right now what you are leaving behind when you die. It's not something for 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds. No, no, no. No, Let me tell you what legacy Legacy is for the 21-year-old who's already made up his mind that as for me in my house, I don't even have a wife, I don't have kids, but I've made up my mind that the glory of the Lord is coming through me. Watch this. Well, how will he divide it if he's devoured it? Can I be deep? Because when he devours it, he converts it. When he consumes it, he converts it. So it came looking like depression. But after I get done with it and I get ready to pass it, it's not depression. When I give it to my kids, it's peace that passes all understanding. It. No. it comes to me like anxiety, but it goes to my children as joy unspeakable, full of glory. It comes to me like lust and perversion. But it goes to them as the love of the Father is being shown and displayed in their hearts and lives by the Holy Ghost. He takes it and converts it so that they can have what he never did. Watch this. This man makes up his mind. They will never fight what I had to fight. This wolf makes up his mind. They will never go through what I went through where are the men in the room these Benjamites these wolves these ravenous men who understand their assignment that will say it might have got to me but it will never be like that for them so so I'm done I'm done so I have to admit something everything I just preached to you didn't come to me by just picking up that scripture It actually came to me sitting on the couch with my four-year-old who loves to watch national geographic and we were watching a documentary about yellowstone national park and to my surprise they came on and talked about yellowstone national park two million acres by the way two million acres protected acres 1800s i believe it was grant that protected it two million acres They begin to talk about in the beginning that what used to be so protected and so beautiful and so incredible, by the time it came to the 80s and 90s, had become so dilapidated and degraded that it was almost unrecognizable. When I heard that, I thought about America. When I heard that, watch this, I thought about the family. What, was, what used to be so beautiful, watch this. and so protected, It seems like overnight, it has become so not what it was supposed to be. And they started to say that the water's bad, no fish live there. They started to say, no willows are there, no grass there. Why? Because the elk population is so dense, and there's so many elk running crazy. Elks are giving birth unchecked. And they said they worked all that back to try to figure out what caused the degradation or the dilapidation of this national park. And they found out that the thing that held it all back was because there was no wolves. That the reason two million acres had gone to a place it was not supposed to be is because the wolves had left the territory. And not just the wolves, the wild ones. So I said, what happened to the wolves? Some of them ran off. Let me say this. Because one of the problems that has plagued America is fathers who simply decide they don't want to be dads. And if that's your daddy, I'm not scolding him because oftentimes our daddies are really just children. But I came to tell you some of, the, some of the issues we're fighting in America is the idea of fatherlessness. Dads who will not commit and stay. But I feel like I'm in a church full of men who have made up their mind that this is what God has graced me and gifted me to do. And I will be not just a man, but I will be a father, a present father in the home for my children, my wife. Watch this. The second thing that was caused the wolves to leave was that hunters were coming in, trained hunters, specifically there to kill the wolves. Men leaving the home is one thing, but the enemy had some trained assassins over the last couple decades that were assigned to kill the wolf. The enemy was on a rampage, sniping and assassinating the wolf. Things like the crack epidemic, stuff like that came into our the heroin stuff the opioid stuff came in and tried to steal fathers before it was their time and before we know it we didn't even realize it but there were trained assassins uh, on the field of the kingdom sniping our wolves and taking our men out of the home and now we were raised through we were forced to raise children with just moms and just grandmamas and granddaddies because the men had left or they had been assassinated and without the wolves everything ran unchecked the first thing that happened was that the elk y'all still with me the elk began to give birth at an unprecedented pace because there was no predator to push them or move them or make them not be able to settle and let me tell you isn't it crazy how in the culture we're living in that every time we turn around it seems like hell is birthing something new I know it can't be just me, but it feels like every time as a pastor, I get done dealing with this. Hell is over here doing this, and i got to deal with this, and then i got to deal with this. Unchecked birth rates in the kingdom of hell. Then they start to eat the grass, so now nothing grows. Because nothing grows, there's no willows. The birds can't come. Because the birds can't come, they don't move the pollen, or all that stuff happens with the pollen. Our beavers can't pull the willows to make the dams so now the fish can't live in the water and before you know it step by step do you see it step by step the enemy is winning and now we stand in 2022 saying god what happened to america so in 1995 somebody had the idea If the wolf leaving caused it, maybe if we bring back the wolf, and not these domesticated wolves, maybe if we take some wild wolves and we bring them back into the Yellowstone Park, the wolves will do what wolves do. And so in 1995, I don't know if they have the picture or not, it don't even matter right now. But in 1995, in Yellowstone Park, you can look it up, they sent 31 wild wolves back into Yellowstone Park. And within one decade, hear me by the Holy Ghost, within one decade, the ecosystem of Yellowstone National Park was restored. And when God began to speak to me, he, yeah, there it is, there it is. He said, he, said, he said, Josh, if you want to know what I'm about to do, God said, I'm about to raise up some wolves. I'm about to raise up some wild wolves. Uh, I'm about to raise up some Benjamites uh, who understand uh, that our role could shift the generation. It could shift the culture. And God says, if I can find me some wolves, uh, I'm going to release the wolves uh, back into the wild uh, and the wild wolves. Let me tell you what happened when the wolves came back. I looked it up. The wolves came back and all of a sudden, the elk population went down because these men that are about to stand up in this anointing are about to run the devil out of town. Uh, there are some men that are gonna keep the enemy on the move and say, no, 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 no. They're gonna keep the enemy running. Do you know what happened? The willows started growing. The grass started growing. Let me prophesy. Things are about to grow in our economy. Things are about to, come on, somebody. Things are about to be restored in our nation. They're gonna come back. The grass started growing, the elks were moving now. All of a sudden, now the birds could land. I said, The birds could land. Because there is a bird in scripture called the dove. Let me tell you what's just about to happen. We're going to put the enemy on the run. Things are about to start growing, but then we are going to start to hear the flapping of Dove's Wings all over again in America, over our churches, in our families, in our home, and we're about to see revival like we have never seen it before. With the bird came the water, life, life. And in the name of Jesus, I declare that this craziness about the next generation, And abortion, I'm going to say it, is about to fall in the name of Jesus Christ. And that devil that has robbed millions and millions of lives, I came to tell you, there's about to be a river of life that runs through America all over again because the wolves are back in town. So I closed my Bible, stand to your feet. I closed my Bible, throw that article back up. This was the last article I read. And I read the title How the Rewilding of the Wolves Saved Yellowstone National Park. One word in that whole thing stirred me to the core. It wasn't the word wolves it wasn't saved the process of releasing the wolves back in they gave it a name they called it rewilding calvary we are about to hit this altar call but i came to tell you if you're trying to figure out what god is doing these days if you're trying to figure out what's happening in the church god is undoubtedly rewilding his people let me tell you 2020 the enemy tried to muzzle us he tried to domesticate us he pushed us into our houses he made us domesticated but let me tell you what god is doing on the other side of this pandemic he is releasing his church back into the wild he is calling his men and his women to become wild all over again and god is asking a question in this room Where are the wild wolves? Where are the Benjamins? God has determined that this next season will be wild. The church in in the book of Exodus was called the church in the wild. The book of Acts church was a wild church. What made them wild? They were led by the Spirit. Do you realize how wild they were? That by the time we get to Acts 17, 6, uh, the Bible says, here come those men that turn cities upside down. Uh, Why? Because it's a wild people and a wild church. Uh, I came to tell you, Mama and Daddy, get ready, it's about to get wild. Uh, We're going to have wild services. Uh, You're going to have wild revival in your heart. God is about to put the wild back in you. So, with every hand lifted the Lord told me to prophesy and tell you that He has determined that this season will be wild for the church because in our our rewilding He is going to redeem the time and He is going to restore the family and everything that the enemy tried to steal and kill God is going to give it back to his people 30, 60, 100 fold. But God says the one prerequisite he is looking for is a people who understand that they are called to be wild people led by the Spirit, motivated, pushed by the Spirit of God. And it's the hell to call is simple. I'm talking to the men first. Benjamin shall be a ravenous wolf He will devour the prey in the day, and he will divide the spoil in the night If you're a man in this room And you've made up your mind And you've made the decision while I was preaching that I am that kind of man I may not always been that man But today I'm gonna be that man I know my identity I am the weapon of the Lord for my home, surrounded by the word of the Lord. If I'm talking to you men, if I'm talking to you men of God, on the count of three, I want you to get to this altar. I feel a special prophetic release there. Yeah, come on, if I'm talking on the count of three, one, two, three. Come on, men, and when you come, come with your hands lifted. Come on, men. Come on, men, ladies, where you at? Is this the kind of man you want? Is this the kind of daddy you want? Is this the kind of husband you want? Where are the wolves? Where are the wolves? Heaven is saying. There is, listen, listen, there is a call to the wild heaven is calling you to be wild all over again every man with your hands still lifted look at pastor josh some of you it's been years since you put your hunger for god on display it's been years since you were who you used to be during church time you've lost your passion you've lost your vigor and some of you rightly so life has a way of taking out but the Lord told me today that if you say yes he is going to endue you with power and that there is a fresh passion and a fresh vigor and a fresh anointing that's about to be released on your life if you want that and receive that slip up your hands to heaven men And I want us to fill this place with 60 seconds of prayer. Men, I want you just to begin to pray. Call out to God. Tell him that you're going to be this kind of man. Come on, tell him. Say, God, I'm going to be this wolf. Ladies, I want you to intercede for your men. Come on, I want you to pray for your men. Pray for your men. Come on, pray for your husbands. Men, this is your assignment. This is your assignment. Come on, 30 seconds, call out to God, tell Him, say, God, I'll be that man. I'll be that man. I'll be that man. Benjamin shall be. God, I pray, let me step into my shall be. God, let me step into my shall be. 15 seconds, and there's about to be a release of glory. Hey, da 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 da, Hey, da 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 da, ma, 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 yeah. I feel some stirring. I feel some breaking. Oh. na 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 I will be. Come on, tell him. Uh, just a few more moments. Tell him I will be. Uh, I will be that man. God make me that man. Make me that wolf. Gee. Here it is. I'm about to pray for as many men. I want my staff to help me. Now, wives, I'm going to leave it up to you. You can stand back there and intercede, but if you feel called to get behind your husband, I'm going to give you a chance to do it because I'm telling you, the enemy did not want me to preach this message today. If they... Could turn hear me. If they could turn two million acres and restore two million acres with 31. You miss what I just said. If they could restore two million acres with just 31, what would Volusia County look like with this many men? Now, ladies, I want you to begin to pray and pray in the spirit. Put your hands on your on your man. We're about to worship. We're about to pray, but I feel something breaking. Come on, pray for him, women, because. Come on, that's it, ladies. Let me hear your voice. Something's breaking. Come on, pray for not ladies. yes 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 in the name of Jesus yeah 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 passion passion and fervor men of God passion and fervor in the name of Jesus, uh, you're coming in. Uh, you're a mighty man of God. Uh, I call out the wolf on the inside of you. I call out the wolf on the inside. In the name of Jesus, uh, you ain't never gonna be the same. Uh, hey. hey your best days are ahead. Of you. Your best days. Uh, God has not forgotten what He promised you. He has not forgotten what He said. Uh, it's, time. it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. This is your season your season yeah 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 I come to agreement with everything in your heart and your soul I come to agreement with with dream down in your spirit in the name of Jesus rise mighty name of God rise in the name of Jesus come on men take up your post
1: Come on, Wolves. Come on, Wolves.
0: Benjamin Shelby.
1: Hey. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Now, prayer team, we're about to worship. And I want staff to help me gonna happen fast but the Lord said that this anointing was to be released your hearts cry for it is the prerequisite there is about to be an anointing released on these on the men of this house and it's about to be wild I said it's about to be wild The Spirit of God is about to break out through men like never before. Are you ready, men? Are you ready, prayer team? They're going to lay their hands on you. We're going to worship. So all across this room. In this atmosphere of glory and anointing slip up your hands to heaven and we're gonna to begin to prophesy through this song that the Spirit of God is going to break out go ahead Pastor John are you ready prayer team lay your hands on them here comes the anointing here comes the anointing one two three come on lay your hands on them lay your hands on them here comes the anointing here comes the anointing the anointing the anointing go ahead Pastor John Room. We Spirit prophesy, and we say,
1: Spirit break, break out. Up. Heaven come down. Heaven come down. Yes. Spirit, Spirit break out. Spirit break out. Here come the wild ones. Here come the wild ones.
0: The room For the name
1: we're lifting high, your glory shaking up the earth and sky. We by all we wanna see your kingdom. Come on one more time in this room.
0: I feel something being empowered. I feel something being released. Yes. about to have Pastor Christian come and pray but I believe there is an impartation that has been made in this room today the voice of heaven resounding on the call of men in this season hear me God has made a determination and what God has determined no devil in hell can stop. be greater than your former days. God is going to use you. And what maybe you didn't see in your younger days, God is going to let you see in your your years to come. I pray on this Father's Day a special anointing to come upon you, a fresh strength in your body and in your mind and in your heart. The Holy Spirit is giving you the passion to do and see. And now, as I lay my hands, God is extending His hand upon you. Father, I pray not another second, not another minute, but now, Holy Ghost. Sorry, just have to obey the Lord. Sometimes we forget that we wouldn't even be in moments like this if there wasn't a generation who fought for us. There is, Pastor Christian, get ready. There is what they call the howl of the wolf. The wolf's howl is uncommon. It's distinct. It's how they communicate that the hunt is on. It's how they speak that territory has been taken. And some would call it the howl of the wolf, but in my research, it's actually called the cry of the wolf. My last prophetic utterance is that you better get ready. All across America, you are about to hear the cry of the wolf again. as a prophet of God, I said, you're about to hear the cry of hungry men of God coming back to the forefront with the word of the Lord around them and in their mouth. So, we have an obligation symbolically. There are some wolves in this room. And I'm going to give you a chance to declare over your family to let the people in your section, to let our county, our city, our state know that there are some wolves in the room. So on the count of three, this ain't just a shout. This ain't just a churchy thing. This is the cry of the wolf to let every demon know and every devil know your time is up and here we come. Are you ready? On the count of three men in this room, let them hear the wolf's cry. One hallelujah, two, somebody shout, three, yeah!
1: Shout, 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 yeah! For our children, for our families, for our nation, yeah!
0: you to seal this thing anybody walking out of here a little bit different today did god speak to you through that word thank you for joining us for today's message you can continue to be part of all that god is doing here at calvary christian center you can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can visit calvaryfl.com slash give We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at CalvaryFL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.